Sermons 8 through 11, Commentary in the Gospel of Luke, Sermons 1 through 11 by Cyril of Alexandria. Translated by R. Payne Smith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Sermons 8 and 9. 3, 10 through 14. And the multitudes asked him, the blessed luke has introduced three classes of men making inquiry of john the multitudes the publicans and thirdly the soldiers and as a skilful physician applies to each malady a suitable and fitting remedy so also the baptist gave to each mode of life useful and becoming counsel bidding the multitudes in their course towards repentance practice mutual kindness for the publicans he stops the way to unrestrained exactions and very wisely tells the soldiers to oppress no one but be content with their wages sermon ten sermon the tenth from st cyril's commentary upon luke upon john the baptist from the syriac three fifteen through seventeen but when the people were in expectation and all men reasoned in their hearts concerning john whether he were not the christ john answered and said to them all i indeed baptize you in water but there cometh he who is mightier than i whose shoes latchet i am not worthy to unloose he shall baptize you in the holy ghost and in fire whose fan is in his hand and he shall purge his floor and gather his wheat into stores but the chaff he will burn in unquenchable fire it is written that a just father will bring up his children excellently for those who are clad in the glory of the righteousness that is by christ and are acquainted with his sacred commands will train up excellently and piously those who are their sons in the faith giving them not the material bread of earth but that which is from above even from heaven of which bread the admirable psalmist also makes mention where he says bread establisheth man's heart and wine rejoiceth man's heart let us therefore now also establish our hearts let our faith in christ be assured as we correctly understand the meaning of those evangelic writings now read unto us for when the people it says were in expectation and all reasoned in their hearts of john whether he were not the christ he answered them in the words which we have just heard read they had beheld with admiration the incomparable beauty of john's mode of life the splendor of his conduct the unparalleled and surpassing excellence of his piety for so great and admirable was he that even the jewish populace began to conjecture whether he were not himself the christ whom the law had described to them in shadows and the holy prophets had before proclaimed inasmuch therefore as some ventured on this conjecture he at once cuts away their surmise declining as a servant the honors due to the master and transferring the glory to him who transcends all even to christ for he knew that he is faithful unto those that serve him and what he acknowledges is in very deed the truth for between god and man the distance is immeasurable 
ye yourselves therefore he says bear me witness that i said i am not the christ but that i am sent before him but where shall we find the holy baptist thus speaking in the gospel of john who has thus spoken concerning him and this is the testimony of john when the scribes and pharisees at jerusalem sent to ask him whether he were the christ and he confessed and denied not and said that i am not the christ but am he that is sent before him great therefore and admirable in very deed is the forerunner who was the dawning before the saviour's meridian splendour the precursor of the spiritual daylight beautiful as the morning star and called of god the father a torch having therefore thus declared himself not to be the christ he now brings forward proofs which we must necessarily consider and by which we may learn how immeasurable the distance evidently is between god and man between the slave and the master between the minister and him who is ministered unto between him who goes before as a servant and him who shines forth with divine dignity what therefore is the proof i indeed baptize in water after me shall come he who is mightier than i whose shoes latchet i am not worthy to stoop down and unloose as i said therefore the difference is incomparable the superiority immeasurable if as is the case the blessed baptist being so great in virtue declares that he is not worthy even as it were to touch his shoes and his declaration is true for if the rational powers above principalities and thrones and lordships and the holy seraphim themselves who stand around his godlike throne holding the rank of ministers unceasingly crown him with praises as the lord of all what dweller upon earth is worthy even to be nigh unto god for though he be loving unto man and gentle and mild yet must we as being of slight account and children of earth confess the weakness of our nature and after this he again brings forward a second proof saying i indeed baptize you in water but he shall baptize you in the holy ghost and in fire and this too is of great importance for the proof and demonstration that jesus is god and lord for it is the sole and peculiar property of the substance that transcends all to be able to bestow on men the indwelling of the holy ghost and make those that draw near unto it partakers of the divine nature but this exists in christ not as a thing received nor by communication from another but as his own and as belonging to his substance for he baptizes in the holy ghost the word therefore that became man is as it appears god and the fruit of the father's substance but to this it may be those will object who divide the one christ into two sons those i mean who as scripture says are animal and dividers and having not the spirit that he who baptizes in the holy ghost is the word of god 
and not he who is of the seed of david what answer shall we make then to this yes we too affirm without fear of contradiction that the word being god as of his own fulness bestows the holy ghost on such as are worthy but this he still wrought even when he was made man as being the one son with the flesh united to him in an ineffable and incomprehensible manner for so the blessed baptist after first saying i am not worthy to stoop down and loose the thong of his shoes immediately added he shall baptize you in the holy ghost and in fire plainly while having feet for shoes for no one whose mind was awake would say that the word while still incorporeal and not as yet made like unto us had feet and shoes but only when he had become a man inasmuch however as he did not then cease to be god he wrought even so works worthy of the godhead by giving the spirit unto them that believe in him for he in one and the same person was at the same time both god and also man but yes he objects the word wrought the works of deity by means of him who is of the seed of david if so then thou arguest we will repeat to thee in answer the words of john for he somewhere said unto the jews there cometh after me a man who was before me because he is before me and i knew him not but he that sent me to baptize in water he said unto me upon whom thou seest the spirit descending from heaven and abiding upon him this is he that baptizeth in the holy ghost and i saw and bear witness that this is the son of god behold therefore while plainly calling him a man he says that he is prior to him and was before him in that he is first evidently in his divine nature according to what was plainly said by himself to the jewish populace verily i say unto you before abraham was i am next he says as well that the spirit also came down from heaven upon him do they pretend that the holy ghost came down upon the word of god while still abstract and incorporeal and represent him who bestows the spirit as made partaker of his own spirit or rather is this their meaning that having received the spirit in his human nature he in his divine nature baptizes in the holy ghost for he is himself singly and alone and verily the son of god the father as the blessed baptist being taught of god himself bear witness saying and i saw and bear witness that this is the son of god wouldst thou have also a third proof in addition to what have already been given his fan he says is in his hand and he shall purge his floor and gather his wheat into his stores but the chaff he shall burn with fire unquenchable for he compares those upon earth to ears of corn or rather to the threshing-floor and the wheat upon it for each one of us has grown like an ear of corn 
and our lord once when speaking to the holy apostles made a similar comparison of our state the harvest indeed is great but the laborers are few pray therefore the lord of the harvest to send forth laborers into his harvest we therefore who are upon the earth are called ears of corn and wheat and the harvest and this harvest belongs to god over all for he is lord of all but behold says the blessed baptist the threshing-floor belongs to christ as its owner for as such he purges it removing and separating the chaff from the wheat for the wheat is the just whose faith is established and assured but the chaff signifies those whose mind is weak and their heart easy to be ensnared and unsafe and timorous and blown about by every wind the wheat then he says is stored up in the granary is deemed worthy that is of safety at god's hand and mercy and protection and love but the chaff as useless matter is consumed in the fire in every way therefore we may perceive that the word of god even when he was man nevertheless continued to be one son for he performs those works that belong to deity possessing the majesty and glory of the godhead inseparable from him if so we believe he will crown us with his grace by whom and with whom to god the father be glory and dominion with the holy ghost for ever and ever amen sermon eleven the eleventh sermon of the commentary upon the gospel of luke by the holy cyril archbishop of alexandria upon the manifestation of our lord from the syriac three twenty one through twenty three and it came to pass that when all the people were baptized jesus also was baptized and as he was praying the heavens were opened and the holy ghost descended upon him in bodily form like a dove and there was a voice from heaven saying thou art my beloved son in thee i am well pleased and jesus himself was beginning to be about thirty years old again come that fixing our mind intently upon the evangelic scriptures we may behold the beauty of the truth come let us direct the penetrating and accurate eyes of the mind unto the mystery of christ let us view with wonder the admirable skill of the divine economy for so shall we see his glory and thus to act is for our life as he himself assures us when speaking unto god the father in heaven those things are life eternal to know thee who alone art true and jesus christ whom thou hast sent how therefore was he sent and what was the manner of his coming unto us for being by nature god that filleth all how as the blessed john the evangelist said was he in the world himself being lord and how was he sent by the father when as god he is the creator and sustainer of all things for all things were established by him the wise john the evangelist then teaches us saying and the word was made flesh 
but perchance some one will say what then having ceased to be the word did he change into being flesh did he fall from his majesty having undergone a transformation into something which previously he was not not so we say far from it for by nature he is unchangeable and immutable in saying therefore that the word became flesh the evangelist means a man like unto us for we also are often called flesh ourselves for it is written and all flesh shall see the salvation of god meaning thereby that every man shall see it while therefore he immutably retains that which he was yet as having under this condition assumed our likeness he is said to have been made flesh behold him therefore as a man enduring with us the things that belong to man's estate and fulfilling all righteousness for the plan of salvation's sake and this thou learnest from what the evangelist says and it came to pass that when all the people were baptized jesus also was baptized and prayed was he too then in need of holy baptism but what benefit could accrue to him from it the only begotten word of god is holy of the holy so the seraphim name him in their praises so everywhere the law names him and the company of the holy prophets accords with the writings of moses what is it that we gain by holy baptism plainly the remission of our sins but in jesus there was naught of this for he did no sin neither was guile found in his mouth as the scripture saith he was holy harmless undefiled separate from sins and made higher than the heavens according to the words of the divine paul but yes perchance some one will say who has been ill instructed in the faith was it then god the word that was baptized was he in need of being made partaker of the holy ghost not at all therefore it is that we affirm that the man who was of the seed of david and united unto him by conjunction was baptized and received the spirit the indivisible therefore is divided by you into two sons and because he was baptized when thirty years old he was made holy as you say by being baptized was he therefore not holy until he arrived at his thirtieth year who will assent to you when thus you corrupt the right and blameless faith for there is one lord jesus christ as it is written but this we affirm that he was not separate from him and by himself when baptized and made partaker of the holy ghost for we know both that he is god and without stain and holy of the holy for we confess that of his fulness have all we received for the holy spirit indeed proceedeth from god the father but belongeth also to the son it is even often called the spirit of christ though proceeding from god the father and to this paul will testify saying at one time they that are in the flesh cannot please god but ye are not in the flesh but in the spirit 
if so be the spirit of god dwelleth in you but if any one have not the spirit of christ he is none of his and again but because ye are sons god hath sent the spirit of his son into your hearts crying father our father the holy spirit therefore proceedeth indeed as i said from god the father but his only begotten word as being both by nature and verily son and resplendent with the father's dignities ministereth it to the creation and bestoweth it on those that are worthy yea verily he said all things that the father hath are mine but let us retort upon those who pervert the right belief this question how can he who received the spirit if he be according to your phrase a man and the son separately and by himself baptize with the holy ghost and himself give the holy spirit to them who are baptized for to be able to impart the spirit to men suiteth not any one whatsoever of things created but together with god's other attributes is the distinct property of almighty god alone but he who gave it was man for the wise john said after me cometh a man who was before me he shall baptize you with the holy ghost and with fire as therefore it is unbefitting god the word regarded as god the word to draw near unto holy baptism and be made partaker of the spirit so in like manner it is altogether incredible or rather impossible to believe that the ability to baptize men with the holy ghost is the act of a mere man with nothing in him superior to ourselves how then will the mystery be true in that for our aid he assumed a kind of adaptation the divine word became man even he who was in the form of god the father and thought it not robbery to be equal unto god as most wise paul says but took the form of a slave being made in the likeness of men and humbling himself to poverty inquire therefore who he was that was first in the likeness of god the father and could be regarded as on an equality with him but took the form of a slave and became then a man and besides this made himself poor was it he of the seed of david as they argue whom they specially regard separately and by himself as the other son distinct from the word of god the father if so let them show that he ever was on an equality with the father let them show how he assumed the form of a slave or what shall we say was that form of a slave how did he empty himself for what is poorer than human nature he therefore who is the exact image of god the father the likeness and visible expression of his person who shines resplendent and equality unto him who by right of nature is free and the yoke of whose kingdom is put upon all creation he it is who took the form of a slave that is became a man and made himself poor by consenting to endure these human things sin only excepted 
but how then they object was he baptized and received also the spirit to which we reply that he had no need of holy baptism being wholly pure and spotless and holy of the holy nor had he need of the holy ghost for the spirit that proceedeth from god the father is of him and equal to him in substance we must now therefore at length hear what is the explanation of the economy god in his love to man provided for us a way of salvation and of life for believing in the father son and holy ghost and making this confession before many witnesses we wash away all the filth of sin and are enriched by the communication of the holy spirit and made partakers of the divine nature and gain the grace of adoption it was necessary therefore that the word of the father when he humbled himself unto emptiness and deigned to assume our likeness should become for our sakes the pattern and way of every good work for it follows that he who in everything is first must in this also set the example in order therefore that we may learn both the power itself of holy baptism and how much we gain by approaching so great a grace he commences the work himself and having been baptized praise that you my beloved may learn that never-ceasing prayer is a thing most fitting for those who have once been counted worthy of holy baptism and the evangelist says that the heavens were opened as having been long closed for christ said forthwith shall ye see the heavens opened and the angels of god ascending and descending upon the son of man for both the flock above and that below being now made one and one chief shepherd appointed for all the heavens were opened and man upon earth brought near to the holy angels and the spirit also again came down as a second commencement of our race and upon christ first who received it not so much for his own sake as for ours for by him and in him are we enriched with all things most suitably therefore to the economy of grace does he endure with us the things of man's estate for where otherwise shall we see him emptied whose in his divine nature is the fullness how became he poor as we are if he were not conformed to our poverty how did he empty himself if he refused to endure the measure of human littleness having taken therefore christ as our pattern let us draw near to the grace of holy baptism so that we may gain boldness to pray constantly and lift up holy hands to god the father that he may open the heavens also unto us and send down upon us too the holy ghost to receive us as sons for he spake unto christ at the time of holy baptism as though having by him and in him accepted man upon earth to the sonship 
this is my beloved son in whom i am well pleased for he who is the son by nature and in truth and the only begotten when he became like unto us is specially declared to be the son of god not as receiving this for himself for he was and is as i said very son but that he might ratify the glory unto us for he has been made our first fruits and first-born and second adam for which reason it is said that in him all things have become new for having put off the oldness that was in adam we have gained the newness that is in christ by whom and with whom to god the father be glory and dominion with the holy ghost for ever and ever amen end of sermon eleven end of commentary on the gospel of luke sermons one through eleven by cyril of alexandria translated by r payne smith